Hey there, I'm Julie, and this is the Married to Addiction podcast. If you're here, then you're probably what I call my secret sister. We're in a situation we never asked to be in and fighting a battle we never wanted to fight. We're women who are married to an alcoholic, and it affects every inch of our lives. If that sounds like you, then I want you to know that this is a safe place for you to land. Married to Addiction is a faith-based podcast where I'll help you find the tools and strength you need to navigate your husband's addiction without losing yourself in the process. So please subscribe and tune in as often as you're able. Because your husband's recovery is important, but so is yours. Hey there, before we get started today, I just want to make sure that you know about the Secret Sister Circle. This is something that I have just created. It's a brand new membership for my Secret Sisters, meaning other wives of alcoholics, that I really would love to have you join me in. It basically is a path to take you from being where you're at right now, which if you're like me, you're probably in the middle of feelings of hopelessness and despair and confusion, um, just not really knowing what to do, where to turn and feeling like there's no end in sight. So I wanted to create kind of a journey for you to get you from that place into the restoration and wholeness that I know you can have in your life. Uh, even as the wife of an alcoholic. So the whole vision for the membership is to get you off the emotional roller coaster of having an alcoholic spouse and just feeling like you're at the mercy of that day after day. We'll help you work through learning exactly what you can do to improve things instead of just feeling like you have to sit around and hope and pray that things are going to change someday. And also it helps you feel not so alone because you'll have a community of other sisters who are going through the same things that you are. So bottom line, if you need support and direction through the day-to-day struggle of being the wife of an alcoholic, then this membership is absolutely for you. I would absolutely love for you to join me. You can just go to my website, marriedtoaddiction.com and look for the tab that says Secret Sister Circle. I hope to see you there. Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of the Married to Addiction podcast. As always, I'm so glad you're here with me. I'm not feeling super great this week. Um, so today's episode is going to be a little on the short side, but I definitely wanted to come on and share some things with you today. Uh, today's episode is called Christians aren't quote unquote supposed to have this problem. So we're going to talk about that in just a second. I did want to bring up one other thing really quickly, and I was back and forth on whether or not I even wanted to address this here on the podcast. But um, somebody had posted something about this on social media, on my social media page. And so I thought, you know, there might be some other people who are thinking the same thing or feeling the same way. And I don't want that to be the case. So I just wanted to really quickly go over this with you today real fast. So um, somebody was posting and saying that she had found me and found my free ebook and some of my other offerings, but she was actually disappointed to find out that I also had some offerings that are paid. And so I kind of wanted to let you know today why that is <laughs> um, and hopefully give you some understanding around why, you know, I talk about my paid offerings here on the podcast, obviously the Secret Sister Circle, the course, things of that nature, uh, why, why I do that. Basically, I am a one-man show. Married to Addiction is a one-man show. I'm hoping that it won't stay that way because it is a lot to do. Um, I put in numerous hours every week into this, and uh, I just kind of wanted to let you know 
everything that I do, I guess, kind of behind the scenes, which includes the following. So I single-handedly write and post all my social media. Um, I obviously do this podcast single-handedly. Um, I write blog articles for my website. I'm also my own website developer. I had to learn how to build and maintain my website because I was not in the position to hire someone to do that for me. So everything on my website is done by me as well. I write and send all of the emails that go out to my lists. I'm responsible for all of my own advertising. I do all of my graphics. Thank goodness for Canva. <laughs> if you need graphics for anything, I highly recommend Canva. Um, but I do all of my graphics. I create them all. I do all of my own branding. I create all of my free offerings. So my eBooks, um, you know, every once in a while I'll have something else that I give away for free. Those are all created single-handedly by me. I record and produce all of my videos. I create content for uh, and manage my membership group, which I just talked about, the Secret Sister Circle, and I create all of my other paid offerings. So my online program, like all of that is written 100% by me. So I do all of that by myself. I don't have anyone helping me. I literally am self-taught and I have been just learning these things as I go and, um, you know, in an attempt to just continue to be able to get this message out there and help as many people as I can. So I try to do a lot of it for free. Like the podcast obviously is for free. And like I said, I do have some some free offerings that I offer my my blog is free, you know, everything on my social media, I try to help through through there, through some videos, things like that. But the bottom line is that the paid offerings support all of this, all of the free stuff. Um, you know, the podcast that you're listening to, obviously the the paid offerings themselves are supported by that for all of my time and and resources you know putting together some of these things costs money um at, you know there's there's just costs for email service provider and my website like all of those things are just a lot of costs involved and so my paid offerings are truly the only way that I can keep doing this because otherwise I would have to go back to the corporate world and then wouldn't have clearly the time to manage all the rest of this so I just wanted you to know like that is the reason behind it. And I'm actually making a tiny fraction, <laughs> a very tiny fraction of what I was making when I was in management in the corporate world. Um, realistically, on paper, I probably should have gone back to work a long time ago because we've had to adjust our lifestyle based on the fact that my income you know, has dropped. And like I said, I'm hoping that that changes in the future, but I just want you to understand that uh, this ministry is important to me. And if I was in the position to give every single thing away, I most absolutely would. But some some things have to pay for all the rest of it. And so um, that's that's why. That's why, you know, there's there's a cost for some of the things that I do. And I hope that you understand that. If you are not in the position to to buy any of the paid offerings right now, 100% still appreciate that you're here and hope that you get a lot of help through my podcast and things of that nature. But for those who want to go a little bit deeper and can take the next step, I thank you for doing so because that helps support the ministry as a whole. So that being said, I wanted to dive into our topic today. And as I said, the title is Christians aren't quote unquote supposed to have this problem. And what I want to talk about is the stigma around having an alcoholic husband. I remember dealing with this when my husband was deep in addiction. It was very, very difficult. It was one of the hardest parts of it. And so I want to talk about, you know, why do we feel this way? And 
what you can do about it if you find yourself in that position. So there's there's stigma around having an alcoholic husband just in general. Uh, I remember I had I had preconceived notions about that myself. I thought that alcoholics were derelicts for the most part. Um, you know, you see them portrayed as homeless people and people that just uh, are, you know, in the streets and just really, really down on their luck and things like that. And that is the portrayal of them in a lot of, of you know, media and movies and things like that. And I didn't really think about the fact that there are alcoholics in quote unquote normal families in the suburbs, in affluent neighborhoods, in all kinds of families, including Christian families. And that doesn't mean that the people in those families are not good Christians. This disease affects everyone, including Christian people. But I think that when we are Christians and we find ourselves in this position, it makes it feel harder because we feel like, you know, a lot of times we hear things like, well, uh, you know, you can pray about this and you know your problem will be solved and while that prayer does come into a factor into it as don and i talked about a couple episodes ago that is a piece of it um you know sometimes we think that maybe our faith isn't strong enough as wives and we we aren't doing the right things where god is concerned and that we're being punished and there's just all of these things that just is this whole other side of it that we don't that people don't have to deal with if they're not believers because they don't uh, they don't see it from that perspective. There's also the shame and guilt from the church. And I honestly think that the church has done alcoholics and families of alcoholics a great disservice because there is not a lot of support. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's not a lot of support for people in our situation in the church because of those things that I was just talking about. You know, we're, we're seen as we don't have enough faith or we made a poor choice when we married our husband or our husbands aren't good Christians or whatever the case. And so the, the way that people view us and view our situation can be very, very difficult. You know, people people in general view alcoholics in a certain way also. So outside of the church, just the the preconceived notion, you know, we don't, we don't tell people, we don't want to tell people that our husbands are alcoholics because they're going to think that our husbands are losers, right? And I've heard, I heard that actually, I heard that before. Um, and it's, it's wrong because our husbands in most cases are just good men who have fallen victim to addiction. And there was a great, um, there was a great example of this actually, uh, through my email a couple months back, I had been a part of a uh, a conference, a women's conference, and it was not specifically for wives of alcoholics. It was just a marriage conference in general. But a, a lot of women had signed up to my list through that conference because I had offered um, marriage prayers, just like and generalized prayers for a troubled marriage, not specifically for, you know, alcoholics or addicts or whatever the case. But I had a lot of women sign up to the list. And then afterwards, after they received that the prayers that they requested, I kind of let them know, hey, I'm going to give you the option to either stay on my list or not, you know, no hard feelings whatsoever. But this is the type of content that I usually usually deliver. It is geared towards wives who are married to an alcoholic. Um, and so, you know, if, if you don't want to be on the list anymore, like I said, no hard feelings, just let me know and I will unsubscribe you. So this lady wrote me back, and I know that she did not mean this in a bad way, but I wrote down what she said because I, I, I felt like this was just a perfect example of the kind of stigma that we 
basically are, uh, are on the receiving end of. So what she said was, I'm actually married to a good man, so I guess I'm not your type of audience. And that stung a lot when I read that. You know, I was really like taken aback. And of course, I wrote her back and I was like, I totally understand. You know, thank you for letting me know. I'll, I'll remove you. Um, and was, you know, very gracious to her. Because I, like I said, I know she didn't mean it the way that it came across, but it it really struck me because I was thinking to myself, I'm married to a good man too. <laughs> and a lot of the ladies on my list are most, if not all, are also married to a good man. It's just that he has an addiction. He is struggling with this in particular. There's people who struggle with a lot of different things and it doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that they're struggling with X, Y, or Z. Same with us, you know, on our side, we have things that we struggle with too, things that we aren't proud of, things about ourselves that, you know, we really feel like we should work on too, but it doesn't mean that we're a bad person. We're a good person, but you know what we also are? We're human and our husbands are human as well. And it doesn't necessarily negate the fact that they're a good person because they're addicted. So all of this, the the stigma from just, you know, people in general, the stigma from the church for the most part specifically. Now, I know that there are churches that do support alcoholics and addicts and their families, and I applaud them tremendously because there is just not enough of that. But a lot of us have been in a church home or a church situation where we feel totally unsupported and judged, and we would never tell the people in our church what was really going on because we know how they would think about it. And we know how they would feel about us, and we know that they would probably talk about us as well. So because of all of that, what happens is that a lot of us wives of alcoholics go into hiding. We don't tell people what's happening, or we don't tell them anywhere near the extent of what's happening. I did that. We basically end up kind of alienating ourselves from our friends and family because we don't want to be in a situation where our husband might become inebriated or might be embarrassing or whatever. You know, we don't necessarily want to go to Sunday brunch with all of the family or all of our friends because who knows what he's going to end up doing or saying, you know, because he is an addict and he will probably have too much to drink. So we end up getting further and further away from support and we get more and more isolated because we're trying to hide what's happening. We're trying to, you know, protect ourselves and protect our husbands. At least that's what that feels like. And we don't want to be the victim of any kind of stigma or judgment. The problem with that is that when we are in this situation, we need more support, not less support. We need to be surrounded even more so by love and understanding, not less. And we already feel so lonely in our relationship because our true husband isn't around that much that now this just makes it that much worse because we're not, we're not having these other relationships in our lives because of all this fear of judgment, et cetera. So all of this just leads to such isolation, such hiding, and just causes us to further and further just sink down into this hole, basically. Um, 
sometimes we do confide in friends or family members. And what my situation was, I didn't really tell my family what was going on because I didn't want them to think bad of my husband. Because like I said, he was a good person. He just had an issue with alcohol. Um, But I did confide in some friends. And there were some well-meaning advice. And I understand that that's where it was coming from. But there is also a lot of misunderstanding where addiction is concerned. And like I said, I had some myself before I went through this. I think we all probably did. But there's a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of things that people on the outside, I call it, don't get. They just don't. Because you can't understand the situation until you've been in the situation. And you can't understand what what the struggle is like for someone until you have been in a situation with somebody you know, a close situation with somebody who is struggling themselves. So what happens is we do confide in friends and or family, and we get this well-meaning advice that may or may not align with what is right for us and may or may not, usually doesn't, align with what God wants for us. And it makes all of that really confusing because if we're hearing one thing from our sister and one thing from our mom and one thing from our friend, and it all sounds different from what we feel on our heart, which sounds different from what we hear, what we think we're hearing from God, like it just leads to massive confusion and we just don't know what to do. We just, you know, it goes it goes from bad to worse because we're listening to, we're trying to listen to like five different voices and we're not really tuned into the voice that matters the most, which of course is the Lord's. So what do we do? How do we cut through the stigma? How do we deal with the loneliness? How do we deal with all of this? The first and most important thing I want you to remember is that God is your compass. He is the one that knows what is best for you and your husband and your children if you have them. He is the one that knows what you should do. He is the one that can work in your husband's life. He is the one that should be your compass. So really tuning into and leaning into what he is trying to teach you, show you where he's trying to lead you, et cetera, is priority number one, first and foremost. And again, if you have a lot of those other voices going on, that can be hard to hear. However, he doesn't want you to go through this alone. So also partnering with him and developing a strong relationship with him is super essential because he will carry you through this and he will lighten this burden for you. But he also doesn't want you to be completely alone in this world. So you do need to be, you know, surrounded by other people and you do need to be supported by other people. And if you don't feel like that's your friend and fam- your friends and family, then seek those other people out in another way. Um, Al-Anon, Celebrate Recovery. There's other organizations where you can go to in-person meetings and get involved with that. Of course, I have the Secret Sister Circle. If you are somebody who is more inclined to be comfortable in an online setting, that was one of the reasons why I developed this online uh, program or membership because that's what I needed. I did not feel comfortable going to Al-Anon at all. I'm an introvert and I just felt like it was too heavy and too difficult on top of everything else I was dealing with. I needed something, a, a thing where I could communicate with people and be supported by people and kind of have that buffer, which I feel like an online membership and online community can really do. So again, Secret Sister Circle is great for that. But you need to surround yourself with other people who truly understand what you're going through and can just support you, you know, can just 
listen and encourage and you know, bring you hope in your situation and also help you to foster your relationship with the Lord. That's just so, so important. I can't stress that enough. So yes, massive stigma around this. Worse in a lot of ways when we're Christian women because we feel like we're supposed to have, you know, this perfect little Christian family and Christian families don't have these problems. Christian families aren't alcoholics. They're not addicts. You know, they don't they don't have these ugly, difficult, worldly problems. Yes, we do. And it doesn't mean that we're bad people. And it doesn't mean that our husbands are bad people. And it doesn't mean that we have bad families or that we're doing a bad job. It just means that our husbands, our lives have been touched by addiction, just like a lot of families have. And it doesn't make us less worthy of God's love. And it doesn't make us less worthy of support. It just means that we may have to seek it out a little bit harder. But I promise you it is out there for you, and I encourage you to go find it because you need it. I hope that's been helpful for you. As always, I love you, and I will see you next time. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick second to thank you so much for being here and for listening to the Married to Addiction podcast. I really hope that it's blessing you. If you are enjoying the podcast, can I ask you a quick favor? Would you go and leave either a rating, a review, or maybe even both on your favorite podcast platform so that other people can find the podcast? When a podcast is new, a lot of times the ratings and reviews is what helps push it out to more people. And I would love to get this out to as many of us secret sisters as possible. And you could definitely help me with that by going and leaving a rating or review. Thank you so much for your help with this. And thanks again for listening.